Welcome back in listeners to a fantastic new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined today by some fantastic guests. We have Jennifer Chambers, who is a director and a member of the Kilroys. And we are discussing today the Kilroys presentation of their latest iteration and new form known as the web. And I know that's a very unclear, murky way of of talking about this new thing, but have no fear. Our guest is going to clear this up for us. So with that, let's go and welcome on Jennifer Chambers. Jennifer, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to have you here. Of course, we are talking about this new thing, the web, formerly known as The List. And this is brought to you, brought to us by the Kilroys, which is an organization of directors and playwrights and and theater artists. And so why don't I start by having you, you tell us a little bit more about what The Web is. Sure. Well, I mean, I think, so the Kilroys was created we are our membership is are the the second class of the Kilroys they were initially it was initially created by 13 writers activists directors producers to address the issue of the lack of gender parity in the American theater so they had a real simple mission which was people were saying hey why are there no plays by women trans non-binary people we can't produce them because we don't we don't have access to them. We don't know them. And so the Kilroys went out and got, got a bunch of nominators and said, tell us all the plays that you loved by women, trans, and non-binary artists. And so that's how the list was born. And then in 2020 for the pandemic, the list sort of changed a bit because we had all of a sudden in March, there were all of these shows that were supposed to happen that you know, were written by women or trans non-binary people and they, everything got shut down. And so what we did is we sort of, our list of 2020 was all of the plays that were canceled, postponed, that never had their life at that time that they were supposed to. And then we started to think about how we might do things a little differently because we really started to feel the need for not just highlighting individual artists, but the idea of the fact that what we do is such a collective art and, you know, you don't do it in a vacuum. And we have, we've seen people championing each other in so many different ways. And what we didn't want to happen, which we started to see a little bit, was we didn't want our list to become any kind of gatekeeping. You know, we didn't want any politicking around the list. We really wanted to be about how do we get it out into the world that there are these artists that are underrepresented, that aren't heard, and that need to be shouted out in one way or another. So we came up with the idea of the web, which is basically artists nominating other artists that are their own champions. So you have, so we reached out to artistic directors, directors that we knew that we're champions of new plays by women or trans or non-binary people. And we said what we loved about them. And then we had they that they then nominated playwrights that they love, that they worked with, and plays that they loved. And then in turn, those playwrights nominated their own champions, the people who would help them get their work out and into the world and and seen. And so that way we've really created this kind of 
web or net or collective of just so many artists that are that can be resources for people going oh I don't know why are there no you know we need great more you know women or trans or non-binary directors oh we don't know any of those oh really well why don't we go look at the web or how do you get this new play out there so we really wanted to start to build out the list in a different way and more be more embracing of the community and shine lights in in areas that you know we hadn't seen before so we decided to shake things up and do it differently so you're the first like person we've talked to about because it, it hasn't been released yet so it will be <laughs> well i am honored that 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 we are the first to be to hearing of this now i do want to ask now is this list exclusive to a certain area or is it you know it's you know, national just, global it's no it's just right now it's the, in the united states we kept it you know, we've, we really worked in the last couple of years to make sure that we got nominators from every state. And then this one, we really wanted just to make sure that we got a good cross-section of the American theater. We haven't, we haven't gone international yet. <laughs> I love that though, still. So how is it that you came upon the Kilroys and upon, you know, this, this web? So I am a new play director. And I have had the great opportunity to work with Sheila Callahan and Becca Brunstenner and Daria Politan and Kelly Miller, who were all part of the first iteration of the Kilroys. And really, I just looked up to the work that they did. I thought it was so amazing how kind of guerrilla style and outspoken they were as artists and as activists and as feminists and so when it came time to essentially pass the torch, I applied to be, <laughs> to, to, I was like, I want to be like them. I want to do what they do. And then we created, so our, this group of the Kilroys is the first time, initially all the Kilroys were in Los Angeles. And now we are a bi-coastal organization. Half of us are in Los Angeles, half are in New York. And actually we have one who's in Texas. So we started to look at things a little differently. We couldn't do things the same way because we weren't all in the same place. And so in our time together, we started to really ask ourselves who we wanted to be as a collective of activists and how could this individual group serve in a way that really made an impact. And so I think, you know, the, the, evolution from the list to the web was kind of the a, a natural one for us because we really were so much leaning into the idea of the collective and also going through the pandemic and living in such a time of isolation and I feel like every artist probably felt this like you know where it, it, we were so hungry to kind of dig into who were the people that were a part of our artistic life how can we support them how can we get these plays that are being canceled out like everything sort of just screamed collective and like people lifting each other up as opposed to the individual kind of linear process that you know maybe we we used to think that we had to be as an artist <laughs> yeah now correct me if i'm wrong this is the first iteration the first year of the web yes so with that with it being that what was it like developing this first iteration of that? You know, it was a lot of throwing things against the wall, sort of to see what stuck and 
and not wanting to let go of what, you know, the initial mission is of the Kilroy's, which is like, how do we achieve gender parity in the American theater, which, you know, we're not there yet. <laughs> if you were wondering, we haven't met that goal. But it was also a really beautiful process for us because I think we got to challenge each other in the way of like asking those questions of like, who are we as this group of activists? And how do we like, what, what is it? Like, what's, how do we make the most impact? And like, you know, we tried, we came up with so many different ideas, but this one just sort of kept coming back to like the sustainability of, of supporting the collective. And so it was a lot of work figuring out the details and like the logistics of, okay, so who nominates who and how does it, <laughs> it's a bit of a puzzle and how, and then the question of how do we, how do we want to display it, which, you, you know, you'll see when it comes out, it's sort of a beautiful, there's a lot of there's a lot of art behind this in ways that it's really like we haven't done before. And we really wanted to make it like a beautiful offering, you know, as a, and I think that was, it took a bit for us to get there and it wasn't without, you know, struggles as any great, as any good, you know, group of people who work together. It's, you know, it, it definitely, there were some challenges, but I think we all feel really excited about this thing that we can now you know, offer out to the world. I love that though. So with this great collection of wonderful and talented playwrights and artists, what is the message or thought that you're hoping that people who see this or audiences will take away from it? That there's so much more than what is just the easy thing right in front of you, right? Like it's so much more than just like, oh, let's do this play and let's ask, these three artists, director, dramaturg, because this is this is the norm. This is what we do. And the idea is like, well, actually, no, like open your perspective, like really open it and like get that there are so many underseen, underrepresented artists inside of the theater. And there's so much talent and so much goodness and so many other voices than just the ones that, you know, we're so used to hearing and, and the ones that are the easy reach, right? The one that's, and that doesn't mean those voices aren't wonderful. They are, but there are more. And with that, there are so many more artists and people behind, you know, one play or, or, or one reading or one workshop or one production, like what it takes for all to, for that to get a life is really is a collective of people who are champions and who go yeah I see you I want to hear you know let's get your work here or I'm so curious about what you wrote like let me get this in front of this person and the more we can do that and the more we can make it more of a you know a, a horizontal instead of a vertical that's when I think the gatekeeping starts to go away and and you know and then people get a more open perspective of like, oh, it's not just about having to like rise up to the top and I'm the only one that can do it. It's about opening up and pulling, you know, pulling everybody in, which, you know, you can read the thousands of articles that have just come out, you know, about the death of the American theater and how we save it. And, and I don't have that answer, but I do feel like there is something about switching that train of thought from, me going up vertically as opposed to all of us opening up horizontally and letting, you know, other voices 
necessary voices come in. Yes. Yes. Say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) So we're recording this obviously before the actual release date, but to any of our listeners who are tuning in, this, this episode is being released on October 10th, which is the day the web is being released, which is fantastic. So who do you hope have access and kind of going along with that, who can access the web? Well, anybody can, anybody who has an internet connection (laughs) can (laughs) access the web. It'll all be on our website, which is www.kilroys.org. And then, you know, my hope is we're going to do some, we're definitely going to do some release parties, which again, if you're in New York and LA and if you ever come to one of our parties, they're really fun, you know, and we love to bring together, you know, as many crazy, wonderful artists as we possibly can. And anybody who's on the list, you know, usually comes out to the parties or as a part of the web. But, you know, I think I've had such a extraordinary time. Anytime I go and, you know, direct a play somewhere, there's always... I always get pulled aside by like an intern or a college student who's studying theater and talks about how much they love, they love the list. They love the plays, like to be able to read these plays that they didn't know and discover all of these, you know, female trans or non-binary writers is such a huge thing for somebody studying theater. So I really hope, you know, I hope that throughout the country, you know, there are especially young people really look at it and get a sense of like what really is out there and who is out there to help and who is out there to, you know, lift up new voices, you know, and really just how many like awesome, badass human beings there are that, you know, work. I mean, we we hear about the bad stuff, but what we don't hear so much is about all of the incredible people that do work inside of the American theater and that work their asses off to get art made and to get, you know, women writers out there and to, to celebrate these voices. I mean, I love that you talk about WP cause you know, they're one of my favorites and to, I mean, even that, like the work that Lisa McNulty is doing out there, like so many great, I could call out so many people like, and I want people to know that because I do feel like, We've heard so much shit. <laughs> it's it's nice to sort of think about no, who are those people that you know are really putting themselves on the line all the time, and you know for a very non glamorous jobs that you know are so are so vital. So you know, and maybe people who are on boards of theaters, and you know those people who you know we we hear about, but maybe we don't have as much contact with like to be able to open up those kind of awareness levels and communication avenues between artists and you know administrators which you know sometimes those aren't separate they're usually the same and board members and presidents and see like I think it's you know I think that's my hope is that you know that they become aware of it yes I want to slip a quick question in and just ask Who can submit work to be considered for the web? Is it like, can anyone submit that to you? No, it's not. There's no submission process. So, and even when we did the list, we never, we don't, we never chose the plays. It was a pool of nominators. And then we just basically were 
data collectors and we collected all the data of the plays that were submitted that whose plays were submitted by the nominators like the the plays of that year so for the web it's the same thing it's just the people that you work with like it's just it's we don't go out and choose oh it's these 10 playwrights it's these we this is a little different we did nominate the first ring of the web we we said these are all of these are artists that we know are champions of new work by women trans and non-binary playwrights these are the these are the ones that we want to kind of ask to open the door to more so then and then they nominated playwrights who then in turn nominated more people so it's really just the only way to do it is to just be in community right like it's but there's no actual submission I want to switch things up now and let our listeners have a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And I want to start by asking you, what or who inspires you? What playwrights or composers or shows have inspired you or are just some of your favorites? Oh my gosh, I love that question. So I grew up in New Jersey. So I actually spent much of my, I didn't even mean to make the face. I <laughs> no, I like that. I like how you like tiptoed around. I grew up in New Jersey. <laughs> but I spent my entire childhood coming to see shows on Broadway. My parents were huge, or still are huge theater goers. I remember seeing, I saw, I'm going to date myself. I saw the first production of Little Shop of Horrors. And I'd never, I'd been so used to seeing, you know, going to a Broadway show and it was like a big theater and Everything was fans, which was great. But I remember, I don't remember what theater it was at, but I remember it was like an off-Broadway theater. And I was little and it was so tiny. And I remember it was like, like it just, everything looked kind of like, like not sparkly. And I looked at my mom and I was like, are you sure we're in the right place? Like, is this? And it was the most, ma- I was the most magical thing. I couldn't believe they made the plant grow. I couldn't believe what Ellen Green did. I still can't believe what she does. I, I'm known to go down a YouTube rabbit hole and, you know, watch every version of her singing suddenly Seymour. If I've had, you know, a cocktail or two, like it's sort of, I feel like it's like the grown up version of like drunk dialing. I'm like, I like drunk <laughs> YouTube, like Les Mis clips, like, you know, when the concert and bring him home, like, it's really, I'm a, I am a giant, like, I, I love musical theater. I love it. You know, and then as an adult, like, Oh, I remember seeing like Janet McTeer in a doll's house and after studying theater and interpreting that play one way and watching her do it. Paula Vogel makes everything good. That that production of Jerusalem broke me open in wait with Mark Rylance. I saw it in New York. I ditched my family and saw it in London like last year on its closing day. You know, I... I mean, there's so many playwrights that, you know, that I just, as I mentioned, Sheila Callahan is, I still think is one of the most brilliant playwrights. I, anybody who is so willing to, I hate, I feel like we overuse the word unapologetic, but like, is so willing to just like, be so forward and bold and, you know, like, itchy and big in their words, especially coming from a a woman writer like I 
I love it. You know, I'm directing Selena Fillinger's play POTUS at the Geffen coming up. And I've been a fan of Selena ever since I met her four years ago. I think she's a friggin' genius. I mean, yeah, I, I feel very lucky to be surrounded by all of the artists that I get to, I get to both like be fans of and work with at the same time. <laughs> I love that. And I cannot believe I'm talking to the director of POTUS at the Gavin Playhouse because it's been all over my social media. That oh, is fun. incredible. And it's a it's a freaking incredible play. Not as it oh, not only is it just like ridiculously hilarious, but I mean it is such smart writing. Have you seen any theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I'm trying to think what I I saw the ants, but it it was fantastic, but that just closed. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to see it. They're doing Our Dear Dead Drug Lord at CTG. It's a co-production with CTG and Iama, and Lindsay Albo directed it, who I think is fantastic. I'm dying to see it. I heard it's fantastic. That I would definitely recommend that. I have not. Oh, I just, I just saw Peter Pan Goes Wrong. <laughs> I would totally recommend it. It's just farce. I mean, I went because I was like, I also want to see like a true farce. It's so fun. It was such a, what a fun, wonderful, great. It's not going to change your life or anything, but you will just laugh. It's just. Fun. I mean, it might've changed my 11 year old's life. Cause he was laughing like nobody's business. <laughs> like he couldn't believe it. Like, but also so cool. Cause he was like asking the question, like he asked all the right questions where he was like, okay, wait a minute. Like trying to figure out like the language of the farce. And he was like, okay, but is he really like, did he really fall? Like what he like, he got really caught up on like, what was part of the play and then what was like, and what was real life? Like, cause he was, and once he realized that he didn't have to like worry about the actor, that it was part of the play, then he like really was, but it was so interesting to watch his brain. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. You're trying, cause there's a play within a play and it's farce and it's, you don't know. And I was like, don't worry. Like nothing is actually real life. Like it's all part of the play. And that was kind of cool. <laughs> like, it was really good. And I did see that the Into the Woods production, which was in New York and came here, which was great. Also a wonderful, wonderful yeah. production. Yeah, it was a good summer of theater here. I was really, really, but actually I think our dear, dead, dear, I can't ever say our dear, dead drug lord, I think was on our Kilroy's list too. But it's just great that her play's being done here. So kind of building on that, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? Well, I love, I've always loved like the impossibility of it. Like, I feel like you read a play and you're like, okay, this, these words on a page somehow have to then become sort of this 3D live active, tangible thing. And in in that moment, you're like, I you can't do that. Like that's, that's impossible. And then the, to me, it's the, the process, like the steps that if you just kind of, you know, do it one step at a time and find your collaborators. And just, I think I've always had as a director, this like really deep trust that even if something felt impossible or unknown, that if I just kind of really trusted and then broke it down and found like, somehow found both the practicality and the magic inside of it, it then, it it always works. It always, something always happens. And then inevitably you have this living, breathing 
gorgeous thing that came to life when it was just words on a page. And it never ceases to astound me. Like it works every time. I mean, sometimes it works better than others, but it's always beautiful. And then for me as a, just as a, as a theater lover, and I always feel so moved when I'm sitting in an audience and I can sense and feel that there is, we are all having a collective experience. We're all feeling like in that moment, just because, you know, the character moved two steps closer to the person that, you know, maybe he's stalking. You can feel the entire audience going, oh, I'm having, like, we're all having this feeling. Like it might be different flavors, but I don't know. I just think that's so magical and it's the, it's the aliveness of it. And I don't know, there's, there is, I don't care what you believe. There's undeniable alchemy that happens when you are live in a room and you are being given and asked to receive and participate in a piece of art. Like it's just, it it happens every time. And I, there's no, there's no like statistical, logical, like, this is why you feel that. Like, I don't know, maybe there is, but I don't think so. I think it's, you don't get it anywhere else. And, you know, when it was gone, it was sucked. Like, that was awful. It was the longest 18 months of my life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was so beautiful when it came back. And, you know, and, and I don't know, there's a fragility and there's a, it's, it's something unique and special and it's a great way to create. And I don't know. I also just really love theater people. Yeah. (laughs) I love that answer. I absolutely love that answer. That is a great lead into my favorite question to ask guests. And that is, what is your favorite theater memory? I have so many, but I'm going to go with my first one. So my parents took me to see Brighton Beach Memoirs by Neil Simon, starring Matthew Broderick. And I think it was either I think Blythe Danner played his mom or Elizabeth Friend. I can't remember who it was but he was so funny and we it was the first time I ever sat in the front row of a theater and I remember like where I was in the seats and you know the set sort of had the you know you the 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 main room was like the family room and I think there was like you know there was a kind of a balcony for the second floor and then there was really just a scrim for the kitchen. So you really never saw the kitchen. You could see like, it was, you know, kind of see-through and you could see like a small kitchen table in the back. And Matthew Roddick was making the actress who played his mom laugh so hard and she was holding it. And she, she, and it was like, she drove through the scene and then she went back into the kitchen and she literally just fell on the table and just like lost herself in laughter. And like, because she couldn't contain it. And it was the most beautiful combination of like the, what was happening on stage that was scripted was fantastic, but her just absolute like joy of like the fact that he was so good and she couldn't, I don't know. It just, it like broke the fourth wall in the best way for me. And I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Love that. Oh, I was really good in that part. Really That's good. one of those shows I really wish I could have seen because I I love Neil Simon and Matthew. I heard Matthew Broderick, if I remember, I won a Tony for that. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, just to be able to see that. Oh, I can only imagine 
what I mean what, again, and I don't know what my parents had any business doing. Like I was not more than I don't know, like six. It was the material was like way over my head. Like I didn't, but it didn't matter. <laughs> Oh my God. She's coming. That's it. Okay. <laughs> like, I love I that. This being there, like at all. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in the cast just to like come out front row and there's a six year old girl and you're like, oh, girl. Good luck. <laughs> Enjoy this. Standing up. <laughs> that is amazing, though. Thank you so much for sharing that. It is a good one. Do you have any other projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Right now, it's just POTUS. That's the that's that's the the focus for the moment. Very very cool. Very excited about that coming January of twenty four at the Geffen. Finally, if our listeners want more information about the Kilroy's the web or about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? So you can go, any interest in the Kilroy's, you can go to thekilroy's.org and there's a place you can send us an email if you have any inquiries. And I have a website, jennifergchambers.com. And you can always send me an email through my website. Perfect. Well, nice Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today about this incredible incredible culmination of artists and playwrights and about the incredible work that the Kilroy's are doing and about the incredible work that you're doing. Like, I really appreciate it. I'm so glad I got put onto this because this just opened up a whole nother like rabbit hole of artists that I can't wait to go dive into and explore and be put onto. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me. I had such a good time. (laughs) Thank you. My guest today has been the director, Jennifer Chambers, who is with the Kilroys, which are presenting their upcoming release of The Web. It's a culmination of playwrights and artists, and you can find out more about it by visiting thekilroys.org. You can also get more information and contact Jennifer by visiting her website, jennifergchambers.com. We're going to have all this information posted on our episode description, as well as on our social media post. But this is an incredible, incredible resource and an incredible list. Like, I I cannot emphasize how excited I am about it. It is available now, so make sure you head to thekilroys.org. Check out the first ever The Web. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is DJ by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. 
Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.